Hey, Simone Biles, I know you're the greatest athlete who's ever lived, but I'm a pasty bitch who can't do a cartwheel, and I have some shit to say. I get that your routines are so insanely difficult, that if you go out there at any less than 100%, you could easily lose your career, your health, your mobility, or your life. But it's not like you have bone spurs. The American people were relying on you to win a medal, and we all know you haven't won any of those before, so get with the program. What the hell is that? Hey, Stone on Air, if you are not listening to Brian Stone, who has been a fixture in Chattanooga for years, you better be, or I'm going to ask you personally why you're not. I'm so happy I could die. They're like, Brian! Yeah, (laughs) Brian! Yes, my name is Brian! Finally, it's cool to be a Chattanoogan. Finally, it's cool to embrace this city. When some of us have been saying this for 25 years. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Stone on air. Yeah, just kill me now. Welcome back in. That's the most recent open to the podcast standalone only. Thanks from audio from Ron Hall's podcast praising this one. It is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. I don't know how many people listen. I'd like to think a lot. I appreciate you're here, that you are here. Getting started late, late, late on a Tuesday. Those old bad habits die hard. Um, put the whole show together in the last couple of hours. I usually like to do it over a course of a couple of days. But it actually makes for a more focused, better show when I do it all at once because I've got all my thoughts together in one moment rather than trying to recreate what I was thinking on Sunday or what I was thinking on Monday or whatever. But uh, it also makes for a very tired 11 o'clock-ish here. Uh, Hell, it's 11.30 on Tuesday. But you'll be hearing this on Wednesday, August the 4th. Jesus Christ, it's August already. Oh, my God. Time flies and ain't got a thing to do while they're having any fun. You know what I always say. Um, let's do this really quickly. Map this thing out for you. Stone on Air, at Stone on Air on all social media is how you can uh, find uh, any of that stuff. I, I, I post a show and that's about it. I have finally, finally, finally moved away from almost all social media. Instagram is now also Drek. Twitter has turned into a total dumpster fire. Facebook has been wastebook for probably since its inception, I would say, but uh, certainly in my life for well over a half decade, if not getting closer to a full decade. And uh, it's TikTok, man. It's TikTok, woman. That is where I am at. That is where I am entertained. Is it good for me? Is it good for America? Is it good for the youth? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm telling you what, I absolutely love it. So uh, as far as the first or the the second and third segment of the show, they're going to kind of piggyback off of each other and be kind of the same thing, sort of a little bit. Um, Second segment of the show, I'm going to talk about recycling. I've pulled a few articles, done some a little bit of research, which I mostly already knew, and uh, just talk about anecdotally recycling in in my life and what it means to me and the reason for bringing it up is the city of Chattanooga has uh they say temporarily halted a curbside pickup inside of the city and initially you hear that and you think what the hell man i mean if if 
if just to be completely honest with you, because I do know a little bit about this and I'll get into it in the segment as far as how much recycling is actually happening. A lot of it's optical. We live in a very optics driven world, certainly now with 24 hour nonstop stimulus, stimulation and visual visualization. Jesus, you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, where it's just nonstop. We're, we're, our phones are just working overtime, twenty four hours a day. We really just use optics to dis- to decide what we think about things. Headlines, mask. Is it on? Is it not on? Are you doing? You know, you know where I'm going with all that. So, uh, but it is a bad look to try to be a progressive, hip, cool town, and uh, very environment. You know, with the environment being so immaculate around here where the rivers and the mountains and the and the valleys are so profound you would like people to be able to you know outsiders look in and see this city also takes care of of recyclables and doesn't let that go to landfills and pollute our uh, our our city and and our our communities so that'll be mostly the second segment the final segment of the show though will be focusing more on the what Tim Kelly said, Mayor Kelly said on Tuesday, today, I guess it was, for or yesterday, as if you're listening to this, because I know you listen to it first thing every Wednesday, uh, raising the pay of CDL drivers in the city department, along with a lot of other raises are going to come with the city budget, which is going to be released within, uh, by the next time we do a podcast, that city budget will have been sent to the city council for approval. So all of that is... Good stuff to talk about here locally. I was talking to Keon at the old crappy station the other day that I wish there were more good local stories. I'm tired of talking about nonsense. I'm tired of talking about politics. I'm tired of talking about, you know, what Olympic person did or didn't participate today for whatever reason. I want to talk about stuff going on in the city of Chattanooga. And this is, uh, this is to me, it means a lot. And I think it's interesting. I hope you agree. I'll get you three pieces of audio here at the tail end of this open. The coolest thing, the most annoying thing, and the TikTok thing. The most annoying thing, I guess, could be another way to say the worst idea. Um, I don't know. We'll see uh, how those unfold here in just a few minutes. But a couple of things. What the hell did I do with my sheet? There it is. That I just made a few notes to myself. Um, Cuomo is toast in New York. He needs to do himself a favor and step down. If you follow this at all, especially early on, it's kind of gone quiet recently. It blew back up in the last 24 hours. The guy's a total creep. I mean, he totally is. He, he, you know, this is just generational stuff that we've just let old, rich, powerful, primarily white men get away with. I mean, I don't think the guy is, you know, raping women or anything. But, yeah, there's a whole generation that was completely inappropriate with young women and you know joe falls into that category as well and we just let these people get away with it and is it the most egregious thing ever Uh, not i don't know i guess no not whatever i don't i don't hardly care but it's a bad look and the guy's a total creep and so i just get missing dude the quicker you get missing the quicker this is gonna go away but he's refusing to do that as of now uh, let's see the Woodstock documentary on HBO Max. Um, there's a couple of people 
over the years that have told me enough already with a couple of topics. And baseball, and it's not just you, Jeremy Mahoney, there's a handful of uh, people who don't want to hear anything about it, don't care about it. That's not why they listen. And I almost every year, maybe not every year, but certainly many years have, I didn't do it this year, uh, I do a, just an, a look back at Woodstock 99 because it's one of my favorite periods of my life. And um, and I've had a few people like, enough about Woodstock 99 already, dude. Okay, we get it. You went. <sighs> enough. And I get that. I understand that. I also like to think that I have new listeners regularly that would like to hear that story. So it'll always still come back up here and there. I'm not going to talk about it at this time or any time here soon. Watch the HBO Max doc. Watch it. Oh, my God. I get it. I'm going to be biased, and I'm going to like it more because I, I understood it. I felt it. I lived it. But it was a disastrous, far beyond any of my wildest already recollections and, uh, and, and, and dreams and nightmares of what I didn't know. Far beyond exceeds that of how dangerously awful this thing was. It was so, so bad. It's a solid two hours. I watched it one week ago today, as a matter of fact. I found a friend who had it, and I bummed their password. So I've never had HBO in my life, and I wasn't going to start now. It is so good. So good. Watch it. Um, I skipped an event this past weekend at the Doubletree. It was a really cool, delayed from the spring, um, open bar, pretty formal, but really a silly party formal uh, with the theme of Mardi Gras. Obviously, Mardi Gras is in the spring, but in the spring they didn't do it, and so that's why I kind of didn't really understand why they were doing it, but uh, it's open bar at a, at a nice banquet room in a hotel. I mean, I've done that countless times in my life, and it's always fun. And the weekend rolled around, and it was a radio station that made sure I had access to it. And even afterwards, they they uh, text me, uh, Mike and Jen and all them text me and said, hey, we still want you to go to the uh, to the event. And I had planned on going. And that Saturday rolled around, and this has happened to me a handful of times in the last year and a half or so. And I talked about it on the podcast last week that I have aged a decade and a half in one year. I am now starting to get social anxiety. I thought social anxiety was just some kind of buzzword made up just to, yeah, I don't know, to get scripts for, you know, Xanax or something. I thought it was just, you know, bogus, like oh, social anxiety. Shut up. Well, part of that is I was, you know, I'm a middle aged or less than middle aged young white male, you know, thin build, at least I used to. And uh, an overall generally would be considered a somewhat good looking guy. In the you know in the grand scheme of a of a social setting, so what the hell is there for me to be anxious about? Um, so now I get it more and more, and then I don't know why. And I just I I kind of I just I didn't have a panic attack or anything. I just really started to get super anxiety feeling like I don't want to go by myself to this. And a couple of people I reached out to couldn't go, and I just didn't go. I sat at home and I cooked something. I guess I'm sure that's what I do half the time for fun these days. And Jen's texting me like, hey, where are you at? And sending pictures, and they're having a big time. And Keon, my old co-worker, is leaving town in a few days, and he was there, and he doesn't ever do stuff like that. And so the next day, I was like, you stupid asshole. God, you dumb, 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 dummy. Why didn't you go? Because the next day, I didn't have any of that anxiety, and I felt fine. So uh, 
I don't know. I, I just I, I want to apologize if I ever said anything over the last twenty years that made anybody who talked about social anxiety, you know, feel like you know that was made up or just an excuse or stupid or whatever, because it's certainly a real thing. And the final thing I'll get to here before I uh, start knocking out this audio is, uh, and speaking of the radio station, one thing I did not say last week on the show, and if you missed the show, I think it's one of the better ones I've done in a long time, and it gives a very spe- specific and uh, and uh, detailed look at what just went down in my life. And and But I wanted to say this for sh- very definitively last week, and I forgot. It is not lost on me, okay? It is not lost on me that of all my dismissals in this city from radio stations, which is now four, there's only one more. There's only a fifth company left, which I have no interest in working for. There's one common denominator to all these. That's me. That's me. And so when someone's regularly telling me, Oh, this person's screwing me over. I'm always getting screwed over. And oh, every time I turn the corner, they're trying to screw me, man. I think, shut up, dude. You're It's you. You're the reason that things aren't working out for you, bro. It's not everybody else. The difference in this situation is this is a very odd, vulnerable, and very volatile industry that is famous or infamous and just well-known for regular firings and rehirings and firings. It's just what happens in this industry. That's that's a little bit of a difference. And uh, so I didn't want people to think I'm just always blaming everybody for all my problems. And especially this last one, I literally fired myself. I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. I just wasn't going to walk out the door voluntarily. I was going to make you tell me to leave. And that's what I did. And it went, I thought, Pretty uh, pretty well overall because I was not going to be able to do that for very much longer. All right, so I just I forgot to put that. It was actually literally one of my notes, like on my uh, bullet point sheet. Definitely make sure I say that because I don't want it to come across any other way. All right, let's do this. So this is uh, the coolest thing. It is a commercial from hell. I don't know the late '80s. It's a McDonald's commercial for the McDLT. You remember this thing, the McDLT? They discontinued it. In the early 1990s, McDLT stands for, I had to look it up, I couldn't remember. M and D for McDonald's is McDonald's Lettuce and Tomato. And it was a, uh, a burger that came in a, in a two-sectioned, I'm sure, styrofoam container that had the burger and the bun on the bottom of the bottom of the bun on one side and the top of the bun with lettuce, tomato, onion, and whatever else on the other, and then a lid that went on top of that to keep your veggies fresh and your burger warm. So when you sit down to eat it, you close it up, and you have a at least a semblance of a fresh burger. It's an incredible idea, because who wants a burger thrown together with lettuce, tomato, and onion, and, and, then, and then wrapped up, thrown in a bag with a big bag of fries sweating all over the place, Burgers are designed to eat immediately. They're only, well, I guess it depends on who you ask. But for me, they're only really good when they're nice and fresh, right and delivered right in front of you. So taking this thing and driving 20 minutes and eating it later, man, that's a pile of slop. That sucks. And so this seems like such a great idea. I forgot all about it. And the commercial is so dork ass. I don't know why I called it the coolest thing, but I did. This is the coolest thing Jason Alexander from Friends, George, 
dancing around in the street singing about the McDLT. You say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers that don't quite make it? Yeah! Then look at McDonald's new McDLT. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. The new McDLT. Crisp lettuce and tomato on the cool, cool side. The new McDLT. Cool, crisp. The beef stays hot. The cool stays crisp. Put it together, you can't resist. Could be the best lettuce and tomato hamburger ever. It's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. New McD. Now, I know that McDonald's was, was designed to just basically be meat, cheese, uh, pickle, onion, mustard, ketchup, right? That's the original McDonald's burger. And then the Big Mac created a whole new kind of taste of, of burgers, and it could it didn't have tomato, right? Yeah, no, I've never had a Big Mac before, but uh, I, I've had my own. I've made Big Mac-style burgers before. So I just thought it was a great idea that I... Surprised to have not been able to wait to, to assemble a to-go burger like that in a fast food joint. This is today's uh, annoying thing. Could also call it the worst idea. This is uh, if Gen Z was a teacher on the first day of school. This is all lingo and slang of the the most recent young generation, the one to follow the millennials. I've done a whole segment on this uh, several months ago, so I'm familiar with a lot of this slang. You might have kids where you're familiar with it. This is today's most annoying thing. What's up, fam? Tell me it's the first day of school without telling me it's the first day of school. I'm Mrs. Mayer, and I'm going to be your middle school English teacher. Say less. This school year is going to be fire. That is straight facts, no printer, on period. First, we do have to go over some class rules. I know, ugh, so chuggy, but my rules just hit different. First, in this class, we stand respect. We don't want anyone to get pressed. We want everyone to pass the vibe check. Second, please do not yeet items across the classroom. That's a big yikes. And lastly, there will be no catching of hands in my classroom. I will kick you out and write you a referral. Bet. I am high-key excited to be your teacher. No cap. It's going to be a great year. I uh, started a sentence the other day with kids these days, and I quickly caught myself halfway through the sentence and said, I'm sorry, I apologize for starting a, a, a sentence or a thought with kids these days. But damn it, man, kids these days. And this is the uh, final one for the segment. It's the TikTok thing. It is a, um, it's a guy going through the layers of the tracks of Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears does better to watch it yes but it 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 separates out some of the tracks and some of the layered weird noises that are on it's such an incredible song first of all so it kind of fascinated me i i edited it down to about a minute it was about two and a half minutes long this is today's tiktok thing i'll talk over it a little bit so obviously that's the intro And those are just little guitar sounds that are just playing over it on its on its slow build in. And then there's a little gibberish, almost like devilish sounding vocals of sorts. And freaking Zach Wild, man. guitar player for Ozzy in the 90s. 
It just sounds so cool when you pull the parts out separately. And that's today's TikTok thing on this Don't On Air podcast. Uh, All right, let's get out. Let's do this thing. Coming up next, I will uh, discuss recycling in general and the fact that it's not going to be picked up in the city of Chattanooga, at least temporarily, and then that'll eventually blend into conversation of, uh, or I guess conversation's the wrong word, my monologue and my thoughts on... um, on some raises that the uh, city mayor, Tim Kelly, has said is coming, and some of them are very substantial and a big, big deal. All that's still to go on today's podcast. Hang tight. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. There is little doubt that recycling can help to improve the environment. But depending on where you live, the rules can vary greatly. And when it comes to plastics, millions of tons still wind up in landfills, threatening our health and the environment. The yogurt cups, the coffee lids, the condiment containers. Every week, the same question. I can recycle this, right? Most people really have no idea. We just kind of put your recycling in your bin and hope for the best. <laughs> when we think about recycling, for the most part, we think about about something just getting turned into another item. And that's not what's happening with a lot of our plastics. Recycling is a commodities market, and it's all about whether there's someone that wants to buy that item to turn it into something else. Number one and number two bottles and jugs are really the most recyclable. So HDPE natural plastic like milk jugs uh, get sold for about $1,000 a ton. But whereas a lot of mis- mixed plastics, like three through sevens, are sold for negative $17 a ton. That means that you have to pay someone to take it away. Save the planet for another day. Attention shoppers, buy the conscience of This is Neil Young's great Be the Rain. Save the planet for another day. Saw him play this at Bonnaroo 2003. It's not a real old song. I mean, meaning it's at least that old. It's 21st century. Perfect song for talking about saving the earth, man. And I'm not a hippy-dippy environmentalist. I'm not. When it when it comes to things that I have on a list that I care about, uh, putting a lot of money, focus, and energy into fossil fuels and uh, pipelines and offshore drilling and fracking and all these things. I, I mean, I, I would like to be as responsible to the planet as possible, uh, but I, it's not that important to me because I don't know why other than 
I'm not really trying to leave leave a legacy in life. Just kind of trying to enjoy the life I live while I'm here. Well, it won't be here for our grandchildren, grandchildren. Well, I don't have children, nor will I have grandchildren. Um, so that is a little bit of a uh, of a selfish kind of aspect to have uh, towards this subject matter. So if you want to have an XLTRY, whatever it is, pipeline coming out of Canada into the States, I say, uh, does it help the flow of gasoline? Does it drop prices? If the answer is yes, then go right ahead and do it, right? Like, I just, that's just where I am on that. And a lot of my liberal friends, I I hope they don't hate me for it, but they're angry with me about those kinds of, uh, that kind of reckless commentary that 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 they don't like and that's just where i'm at but where i what i do have a very very strong passion for is reuse repurpose and recycling and i have for a very long time and it's not because i'm trying to save the freaking planet it's because it just makes sense it's just a logical thing to do in your life um so way before this stuff was cool I was already thinking this is a very good thing for the environment. This is something that I can actually do. Like anytime you're having an argument over a debate or a conversation over legislation or policy or what the government should do or what mankind should do, a lot of times I just try to think that there's nothing I can do here. Like I can't do anything to fix this issue that we're having a disagreement about other than vote. Like, and that feels like that's like an empty kind of exercise and actually feeling like you're doing something like I can't do anything about this, but when it comes to the environment, I can, I can do, I can do everything in my power to reduce repurpose and and recycle in my life. And I feel good about it. I enjoy it. It literally brings me joy to, to pick up garbage when I see it you know, simply, you know, around a garbage can or something or out at a festival or something and or, you know, here at the house. I've even started composting. I am religiously composting now because uh, my ex-girlfriend gardened and composted and she did it here at the house. And the, the flower beds are still the raised beds are still here. You got weeds growing in them. I'm not in I'm not into gardening. That's not my thing. I understand why somebody would like it. It's a hell of a lot of work for very little return uh, and 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 pleasure from my standpoint. But she was had a compost bin going. I didn't know anything about compost. I had heard about it. I knew it was a way to reuse certain kinds of food scraps, but I didn't know what it was. She taught me what it was, and then I did a little bit more research. And I and when she left, I I kept a compost bin. And in my my uh, pandemic hobby is is cooking. I'm cooking left and right. I'm peeling garlic. I'm uh, peeling potatoes, cutting up stalks of broccoli and celery and whatever else, and leftover onion leftovers there. And I got to thinking, why throw this away? Why throw this in the garbage can? I've got a, a rancid ass garbage can over here with meat scraps and you know cat litter. Uh, uh, litter box waste everything else is disgusting in the garbage can why would I throw scraps of food produce and all the different kinds eggshells shrimp and, and, and crab and seafood shells why would I throw those in the garbage can compact that in with all the rancid ass garbage throw it out in a, in a landfill where it gets piled on with literally tons of other garbage and this will now if I'm lucky biodegrade in 
a thousand years when I can throw this stuff in a compost bin and it will biodegrade in literally a week and turn into the most nutrient rich soil earth that you can that that growers and gardeners lose their shit over black gold they call it they can't be, they can't get enough of of compost and it doesn't cost anything it doesn't take any amount of time or any real effort i feel really good when i do it cuz i'm not throwing that in the garbage can and i've recycled adamantly for 20 years and i've taken it to recycle centers for years and years and I've done it almost like just ha- almost happily. Like it was almost like, okay, it's recycle day. Put in a find a good CD or a good podcast or a radio show and let's drive to the recycle center and sort it all out. I actually oddly enjoyed doing it because I knew I was doing something good. But then after a while over the years, recycling has turned into a big business. It's a commodity business based business. Who, who didn't know that? Then you find, start reading and hearing about all these stories of, selling the plastics and selling it all off to other countries where they just end up, you know, they don't have the regulations that we do and they throw half the stuff away. And I don't know why they would want to do, I, I don't know where all the money's being made on all this. But then you start hearing about the glass and glasses messing things up. And then you got to wonder, is, are my neighbors actually doing it right? Uh, we had a program here under Ron Littlefield, Mayor Littlefield, 20, 15, 20 years ago. Um, that was uh, Recycle Right. I think it was Rocky the Recycling Raccoon or something like that. I remember kind of mocking it at the time over at the station. And like, I guess because I was just naive and young and stupid, I thought, recycle. we have a whole program where we spend all this money to teach people how to recycle. Yeah, it's real simple, bro. Aluminum goes in there, garbage goes in here. Plastic in there, glass in there, cardboard in there. I mean, why do we have to have a whole government program for this? Well, we have to have a government program for it because numbnuts in this city and all across the world and the country more specifically literally don't know how to do this. They don't know how to do it right. And countless truckloads of recycling in many cities are just going straight to the landfill. It's just like a it's, it's a it's a garbage pickup B, right? Like some of it's getting recycled because some people do it right. But here's the deal. If you take a big, clean uh, recycle bin like you're going to have at my house every single time and you dump a bunch of garbage in it, you dump a bunch of fluids and sauces and food and, and just trash. Well, now you've just turned my entire time, uh, wa- wasted time basically of, of methodically recycling. You've just ruined it all. You've wasted my time, you've wasted your time, you've wasted the government's time, you've wasted the city money and and your taxpaying money. All of it's a waste. It's a big, fat waste. And so East Ridge has been picking up recycling for many years now, and I was ecstatic about that. The city services in East Ridge is really good, actually. And if you have a problem with your city services, you can get somebody on the phone and talk to them about it. I've done it multiple times. From brush to garbage to uh, to recycle pickup, just to general maintenance of, of of areas that it's questionable who actually is the ownership of, as far as trimming back bushes and stuff, they really do a pretty good job. It's the citizens that trash the place out. And don't get me started on codes enforce, enforcement 
in the city of East Ridge. But my point being here is that I'm, I've been wondering more and more, is this stuff actually getting recycled or is it just optics to say, hey, look at us, look how good we are as a city, whether it's East Ridge or Chattanooga or Portland, Oregon. And really to know the answer to that, it's going to take an investigative dive that most news organizations and journalist organizations or freelancers aren't ever going to do because there's nothing sexy about it. So it's just a grander question that I'll, I'll always have. This is what I found from the New York Times from the last couple of years. Your recycling gets recycled, right? Maybe or maybe not. In the past, the municipalities would have shipped much of their used paper, plastics, and other scrap materials to China for processing. But as part of a broad anti-pollution campaign, China announced last summer that it no longer wanted to import, quote-unquote, foreign garbage. Since January 1st, it has banned imports of various types of plastic and paper and tightened standards for materials it does accept. Now, this is an older article from a couple years ago, so it's not from January 1st, uh, 2020, so or 2021, is, excuse me. So if you say, hey, see, Joe Biden's America, this is a couple years old. Americans recycle roughly 66 million tons of material each year, says the Environmental Protection Agency, about one-third of which is exported. Uh, dude's last name is Bell from the uh, Waste Management uh, Services. He's an executive. Said he has seen everything from Christmas lights to animal carcasses to artillery shells come through the company's recycling facilities. Quote, most of our facilities get a bowling ball every day or two. Some materials can ruin a load. Approximately 25% of all recycling picked up by waste management is contaminated to the point that it is sent to landfills. If we don't get it clean, we're not going to be able to market it. And if we can't market it, unfortunately, it's going to go to the landfill. Recycling is the third R. You have to reduce and reuse first. And then the fourth R is repurpose in a different kind of setting that's less about uh, environmental issues and more about just making use of things rather than trashing, which I guess in the same sense, that's what that is too. So anyway, what I suspected for all these years is very much an issue. And it kind of takes me back. This just popped into my head. I've thought about it before, but not recently. I used to do, uh, it was community service at the end of the day. I got in trouble as a kid, but, uh, you know, shocker, right? But I went to the uh, Samaritan Center out in uh, Ottawa or Collegedale. No, that's technically Ottawa. And uh, I would shop there like every Sunday for bag day and just get tons of shirts and knickknacks and junk or whatever. I was a third kind of person. Uh, basically, I still am. But anyway, so I got in some trouble, and they one of the community services things I could do was volunteer at a place like Samaritan Center or Goodwill or Salvation Army or whatever. And so I kind of like, I'm going to work the system here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do my community service at the, my favorite store, the Samaritan Center. And I'll see if I can't swindle some stuff out of there, which I did actually get some really cool stuff anyway. So I'm uh, in the back and I'm helping when people come to, to drop stuff off. And the lady who was in charge there was, I can't remember exactly, but there was regularly, they were just trashing the things that they brought. 
And this is a Christian-based organization. I guess it's SDA. I think it's Seventh Day. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, it is faith-based. And she was like, basically, wait until they pull off and then throw it away. And I thought, you know, I'm 17 years old. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Well, and I, again, I'm recollection and all that good. But basically, it was like, we didn't want them to think we're throwing away their generous gift when really, we don't want any of this crap. This stuff's junk. Throw it away. It was optics. These people thought they were doing something good. They went home and thought, hey, I did something good. I donated this Marin Center. When in fact, what you did was took your junk to a faith-based organization to trash it in their dumpsters. And I wonder if that's the same thing that's happening here. Oh, hey, I did something good. I had uh, recycle picked up every day, and the city's taking it and selling whatever that China won't buy from them. They're trashing it as well. So I don't know. And and your neighbors. Are your neighbors ruining it for you? Is Does there need to be an education kind of um, destination online or otherwise where you have to opt in to a recycle program? I mean, I know that sounds kind of silly, and I know it wouldn't work probably but you know i just don't want to waste time and money right I, I, if me taking it to another place where i know that it's actually is getting recycled means it actually you know th- that i can feel good that it is i'll take it myself i don't need the city to pick it up but if you're gonna pick it up i'd also like to know and ha- be feel good that you're actually doing it and um that's just a bigger question for another investigative report that will never happen. I'm going to wrap up this segment right here and uh, wrap things up overall for the show coming up next. Continue this same theme and talk about the fact that Mayor Kelly from the city of Chattanooga is upping the wages for many city employees, but more specifically to CDL drivers and they're getting a substantial raise at a starting base pay and it is uh, it's important stuff and it's very very good news. Very good to hear and I'll tell you about it next. Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly is tooting his own horn after a hundred days in office. If Mayor Kelly were to give himself a grade for his progress, it would be a B. He and his staff say they've accomplished about 80% of the tasks they set out to complete in the first 100 days. Our, our grand strategy here is one Chattanooga, so we've got a lot of work to do to close the gaps. Mayor Kelly says other projects on the list will take months or years to complete, like filling staff vacancies. There are a lot of key positions that are still open. We're really looking for the best and brightest to to fill these positions. This is just a start, and I hope we've been able to demonstrate that we're committed and, and dead serious about our goals. Many of the items not completed from the list have to do with the budget, like will CARTA be free in the future? And will the minimum wage for Head Start teachers and city employees increase to $15 an hour? We'll find out August 10th when the budget is presented to the city council. Well, Grateful Dead's trucking was just too damn easy. Set right there on a tee. 
clock for a home run right out of the ballpark. Stone on Air podcast. Last kind of thought from what I was just talking about with the city suspending recycle pickup. I, it, for me, it's just frustrating because if you need the city to pick up your recycling and that's the only way you'll do it, that's frustrating to me. Uh, I get the argument that, hey, we pay for this, and so you shouldn't cut it out since we pay for this. But in the end, it's all dollars. It's all just appropriated money. Uh, if that money wasn't spent there, it was going to be spent somewhere else. I don't know when East Ridge added uh, recycle pickup if it said, uh, now your taxes go up to this point or this portion of your taxes pays the recycling. You know, it's it's all dollars. It's all pencil pushing and numbers and ones being carried. Uh, it does appear that there there will be recycling pickup again at some point in Chattanooga sooner than later, I guess. I don't know. And I also would just like to think that I mean, just you're gonna if you're gonna recycle, you're gonna recycle, and if you're not gonna recycle, you're not, and that's just kind of it's that simplistic, I guess. I also have a lot of issues trying to understand the different governmental relationships between the city and the county, and how they work in concert. I tried to ask Tim about this on the show earlier this year before the election, but I only had, you know, 42 minutes and it goes by so fast in a, in a radio setting in any setting really. So you can't dwell on one thing for too long when you're trying to have a overall grand scheme conversation about an election that was at that point a week away. But the, my mom lives in the County. That's still the city, but she, out in East Brainerd, but she has to pay for her garbage pickup and always has. The city, the city or the county doesn't provide any pickup from what I can tell, from what I've always been able to understand. And that's always baffled me a little bit. How does that decision-making get made? Um, so, I don't know. Anyway, I'll move along from that. I'm going to make this a pretty quick segment. I'm ready to wrap this thing up and call it a uh, night. This is from the Chattanooga Times Free Press from just yesterday. Tim Kelly announced Tuesday that the city will raise pay for qualified recycling trash and brush collection drivers by about $14,000. Are you kidding me? That's my main point for this segment. That is huge. 45% increase in the upcoming budget to address a staff shortage. This is uh, from a news conference with Tim. Quote, we currently are running our fleet of garbage brush and recycling pickup trucks with a shortage of 32 drivers. Our recycling truck drivers can, of course, drive our garbage trucks. So I made the difficult decision to shift drivers who were on our recycling pickup to garbage trucks in order to ensure orderly and timely collection of garbage, which is required by law, and to maintain brush pickup given that leaving brush is a fire hazard in our hottest months. All that makes sense, but that still makes me ask the question, well, why is it that some of the county doesn't have uh, tax-funded garbage pickup? Or maybe am I just ignorant and I'm getting this wrong and maybe you can choose to have a private company do your garbage. I don't know. Anyway, again, digress from that back to here, back to the, the, the Times Free Press piece. While this would be... 
Hold on, who says this? This is Kelly as well. While this would have been included in our budget overhaul, we're increasing starting pay for equipment operators to $45,000, along with city benefits and a pension. Urging interested applicants to apply through the city's website. This is a competitive salary for CDL drivers, so we're hopeful we can fill these positions, and he is not blowing smoke. That is a very competitive wage for a commercial driver's license driver. Just a little bit more here from the TFP. Asked how he plans to fund the raises. Kelly said there will be some cuts to the previous budget. He also did not rule out a tax, quote-unquote, in quotes for whatever reason, increase to maintain the current tax rate despite a lowered certified tax rate. He did, however, commit to no actual increase. That po- that, that that paragraph doesn't even make sense to me. Oh, and that's it. That's all I got highlighted there. So, um, first of all, I want to just say this is this is huge stuff. This is a big deal. This is this is almost. I mean, I might be sounding a little over the top here. I'm obviously, you know, I'm a Tim Tim Kelly guy. He has been good to me. He has been on my shows many times. He, when I've needed him for things, he's always been there. And it, there's something that makes me pretty proud to say that the mayor of the city I've got on speed dial, if there was still such a thing, you know, the guy will return a text. You know, I, there's something about that that makes me happy. But um, this is legacy kind of stuff. Like $31,000 a year to pick up garbage is pathetic. That's pathetic. Just Think about the neighborhoods you're in. Think about the terrain in some of the areas of the city that's really hilly. There's so many hills and little alleyways and tight little crunches in places. And think about these guys having to go all day long collecting all your trash, all the waste that we just, especially the ones that aren't recycling, and the troubles and, the, and, and how just shithole of a job that is. And it's a needed job. It's an important job. And think about being paid $31,000 to do that. That's insulting. That's, that's wrong. There's nothing cool about that. I remember when I was very young, one of those things you talk to your mom and it just sticks out. Or you talk to whoever and you just don't forget it. Don't remember why it came up. Don't remember where it went. Just remember this one little thing I was talking to my mom and I don't know. I could have only been maybe 10 years old, maybe 12 years old. Who knows? And somehow the pay came up. And, you know, I was conditioned as a middle class, middle to above class white kid that garbage men were, you know, they're kind of trash, right? Like, who the hell wants to be a garbage man? Well, nobody wants to be a garbage man. But it's still an honest day's work. And I remember my mom telling me that a lot of garbage men made more money than some teachers did. And that was just like, like blew my mind up. You're kidding me. A teacher might make more, or excuse me, a garbage man might make as much, if not more than a, a teacher. That can't be true. That's ridiculous. And, and, and the point, I think a point she was trying to make is that, you know, she was talking about low paying wages and teachers don't get paid, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that just stuck out in my head. But $31,000, that means that's been sitting on the books. I bet it's been like that for 25 years. And we haven't had a mayor come in and do something about that. 
pay people more. You know why there's shortages? You know why no one wants to pick up effing garbage? You know why nobody wants to pick up recycling? Because you're paying poverty level wages to do it. $45,000 a year. I'm not going to tell you how much money I make, but let me just put it this way. I know exactly what living on $45,000 a year is, and I know it well. I know what it's like to live on more of that, and I know what it's like to live on less than that. But I know that number as good as any numbers I've ever known. And if you have a kid or two and a wife that you want to have stay at home, you're still broke as hell. You're damn broke as hell with forty five grand a year. But if you're single, if you're a young man wanting to make a decent living with a low overhead in your life, $45,000 is all the money in the world. Now, that's not where you want to stop. You want to get ab- above that if you can. Clearly, I think that would be true with anybody. That's real money. That is livable wages. That is fair. And that is a, that is, I mean, that is something that if it goes through with this budget, Tim Kelly should be screaming to the, into the microphones. This is what I did. I took a poverty level wage and turned it into a livable wage for dozens and dozens and dozens of Chattanoogans. That should be in the, in the, in the reelection of uh, vignettes and commercials and advertising three and a half years from now. That's strong stuff. That is really, really strong stuff. And that should not be just overlooked as just like, oh, hey, he's given a little bit of, a, of, of extra pay here. And there, he's trying, he's talking about citywide, many, many, many different outlets of city government getting raises. That is fantastic stuff. That is very, very cool. And that's all I got for today, I think, right? Did I, did I leave something out? Oh, this idiot, uh, Mott. Marie Mott, along with Cameron Williams, C. Grimes, he calls himself the, the leader of all the BLM uh, local stuff, which I'm not a hater on that movement as a general overall whole of the country, but these two morons, she got arrested for domestic disturbancing or whatever. I did have that highlighted, but I won't get into that. If you care, you'll look it up. If you don't, then you don't. All right, that's all. See you later. We'll do it again next Wednesday. It's your midweek download destination for thousands in the city of Chattanooga. It is the Stone On Air Podcast. I love you. Later. Bye. Arrows of neon and flashing my keys out on Main Street. Chicago, New York, Detroit, and it's all on the same street. A typical city involved in a typical daydream. Hang it up and see what tomorrow brings. Dallas, got us all for the sheet. Houston, too close to